are listening to Motherhood in Black and White. Hey, podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. Thank you for joining us. As always, we are here to provide our parenting perspectives, understanding that motherhood is challenging. Within those challenges, though, there are unique opportunities for us to learn and grow from one another based on where we stand in life. So we thank you for standing with us. Tara, as always, I thank you for standing by my side, my sister from another mother. Yes, I thank you for asking me to join you here. Did I say that wrong? It's not sister. Sister from another mister. I get everything wrong. It's supposed to rhyme, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if any of them really make sense, but I think it's supposed to rhyme. I think that I was never told a lot of nursery rhymes growing up, so I just missed out on the whole rhyming bit. You're more into alliteration than rhyming. So we were trying to alliterate the title for the episode today work-life balance and we failed miserably there's no way to do it there's no way to do it there's no way to rhyme there's no way to alliterate it and there's no way to literally do it correct (laughs) that is correct work-life balance is something that has been an issue for working women for the last 50 years the light has been shown on it so much more during this pandemic yes and the subsequent recession which was renamed the she session she session because of the number of women in sheer droves that were thrown away walked away um had to make difficult decisions to leave the workforce millions 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 of women left the workforce last year why do you think that is i think that women you know especially working mothers when we were forced to have our kids at home for virtual learning we had our kids at home and we were trying to work. And I think trying to do that at the same time is just almost impossible. And women said, I have to pick one or the other and I have to pick my kids right now. There's no other, there are no other options. And, you know, they went with what they had to do and that meant leaving their job behind. And I think that what it showed is the work-life balance that we were sold when we were first earning the workforce is, It's a myth, and I don't think it's attainable or achievable, and we will give some reasons why that is during the podcast episode today. Before we do that, I think that the definition of work-life balance creates a fallacy because balance assumes that things are equal, Mm -hmm. things are weighted and Mm -hmm. equal, and you're trying to, to weigh them. And that's wrong because there is no equivalent to my family. There is no balance. If you have a scale of my family, my parents, my kid, my husband on one side of the scale and work on the other, it will always tip in favor of my family. But what I did for so many years in my career is I tried to make it equal. I tried to find an equivalence or a reason why work could or should be the same or on even playing field as my family. And I just showed and I realized it's not and it never will be. No. When I first started to play around with the idea of, you know, serving multiple 
masters, so to speak, you know, because at one point when it was just me and I was single, it didn't matter. It mm-hmm. was work and friends done. Then it was work and husband and friends. Okay, well, I guess he probably should get a little bit more time. We'll figure that out. Maybe. Maybe. And uh, although he will tell you it was really hard at first, like he had to sit me down and go like, I need more time. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Wait, you're talking about your husband my or husband, the baby? My oh. husband, my husband. He was, when we first started dating, he was like, uh, I only get like one Wednesday a month. Like, is that really? <laughs> it was just funny. Um, but then, you know, I had a kid and then it was kid and husband, you know, relationship, work, and then work was getting bigger. I mean, it just seemed like as it started to grow and I really started to struggle with it and people would give you these tips on make a pie chart, assign weight, where are you hitting these targets every day? And it just was a lot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it was just a lot. And sometimes things needed more than what I had originally set out to do. So it became very clear very early to me that work-life balance is just, I don't know if it's the appropriate term. Mm -hmm. Like it just leads to a weird definition. And I know like someone I really love to read and enjoy his podcast is Adam Grant. And he used a term that I really liked once when he talked about work-life balance. And he said, you know, that sort of sets an unrealistic expectation of keeping different roles and steady you know, keeping it equal. Mm -hmm. And he referred to it as striving for work-life rhythm. Mm -hmm. So like each week has a repeating pattern of beats, job, family, friends, hobbies, and but that they vary. It varies in accent, it varies in duration. Sometimes it's a little heavier here. Sometimes it's a little lighter there. As long as I feel like I'm hitting all those beats and feeling energized by it, I'm successful. Mm -hmm. And that may mean that Gage got two and work got 98 or Jason got zero. Sometimes it looks like that. Yeah. And what I often tell women and young women that I mentor with career work or people that are just early in their careers or women that come to me and say, I'm I'm experiencing some challenges trying to navigate this season of my life. What I always say is I try to look at my life and and each day. I can't even live week by week. I live day by day. (laughs) Hour by hour. (laughs) And and sometimes we don't know what it's going to look like. But I say, I think that everything that I do in a day, I think of it as juggling. Because we as women are good at juggling everything. Um, But when you juggle, you have to start to label the balls in your life. And some of those balls will be made of rubber and some of them will be made of glass. And realizing which balls are made of rubber that can maybe be dropped because they'll keep bouncing. But then those balls that are made of glass, and if you drop them, they will be forever shattered. And so I try to make sure in everything that I do to be aware and be cognizant that my son and his health and his mental health and well-being, he is a glass ball. My boss might not like this, but most <laughs> things, most things in my career, most of them rubber balls. There are certain instances and certain fires where I have to put out and I'll say, okay, this is a glass ball and it has to be handled right now. Right. And and I can only juggle a couple of things at a time, but I can still juggle two things, maybe three. If you get to four or five, you can just <laughs> call it a wrap. <laughs> right. Hang yeah, that absolutely up. right. Hang that up. But I do try. I try to, to juggle things and I take on more things than I should, mm-hmm. more things than I know this is going to shock absolutely no one, but I have a tendency to say yes to a lot of things. Stop that. Stop that right now. <laughs> That's like, true, guys. That's very true. It's challenging me to find to find the ability to say no, except for 
with my husband and son, because I set very clear boundaries with them. <laughs> um, I, a couple of years ago, when I was reading Shonda Rhimes' The Year of Yes, mm-hmm. I was on an airplane and Roman saw me reading. He's like, what's that about, mommy? And I said, The Year of Yes is about me saying yes to everything, mm-hmm. thinking in broad terms like opportunities right. and experiences. This kid internalized that. And this was before the Jennifer Garner Yes Day movie. Mm-hmm. He was like, mommy, can I do this? I said, no, no. This is your year. Yes, mommy. This is your year. Yes. <laughs> See, Gage and I watched Yes Day, and I'm very grateful that for him, it's just a yes day, mm. not a year of yes. If he spends more time with Roman, it's going to be a year of yes. <laughs> He's going to be like, this is Gage. This is your decade. This is your decade right, of right, yes. Right. Just expanding on this. Things. That's right. And we start to expand on things. And I think that if we aren't clear in setting boundaries when trying to establish what the work-life situation is going to be like, we can get into trouble. So what I what I tried to do, especially last year, when we were working remotely and parenting and teaching and living through the unknown with the pandemic, was to reframe the way I was looking at it. I didn't really want to look at it like work-life balance. I like what you said with the Adam Grant quote, a work-life rhythm, but taking the B from balance what, what would it look like if I said it was a work-life blend? Because we got in situations where you and I were working remotely, so we were still working from home, so we had to find a way to integrate work into our home life and blend it so that we were able to continue working but still find a way to separate it, which was hard because I was like, I'm working on my couch, I'm watching TV on the couch, and I'm eating dinner on the couch. Everything is just happening here on this couch right here. Right. But that's what I think represented a big challenge for me. And I like the concept of the blend, especially discussing during COVID, because I found for myself in those first few months, especially when there were some especially tough programs happening with banking, that I was working way more Mm -hmm. than I would have if I were in the office. Like there was no clear line between one and the other. So I would look up, it'd be like nine o'clock. I was still at my computer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And you know how to get very intentional, like you said about those boundaries and finding that blend. Like how can I still take care of myself, still take care of my family, you know, manage my house and, and show up for work engaged. And do all the things. And, of, and start a podcast with Kanji. And, and watch the Zac Efron's <laughs> trash TV series you did on And binge a lot of Netflix, my you, friend. I want to know. I wish there were a way oh, for and us. And get my MBA, by the way. Yes. But I wish there were a way for us to find out exactly how many hours in Netflix you binged last year. And we could have like an audience poll. Like, How many hours do you think Tara watched on Netflix? Because people know that you binge. I do binge a lot. You binge a lot. I have actually found recently that I think I might be at the end of Netflix. <laughs> like I was sitting down the other day, flipping around. I'm like, there's nothing left to watch. I think I'm going to have to find something else to do. <laughs> How did that make you feel? You know what? It's it's actually a relief. I, I had the TV on way too much last year. I need to find some other hobbies for sure. Finding a hobby is a way that we are able to disconnect a little bit Mm -hmm. from work and family life. And it's so necessary for working moms to have an outlet. Yes. Whatever that looks like. For me, it was difficult because during the pandemic, my outlet was taken away from me. My outlet used to be um, working as a cycling instructor and spending time at a cycling studio and having that 
even though I was getting paid to do it, it was my release. It was my time for me. Yeah. And that wasn't there anymore. And I think a lot of us who spend time finding our outlets and finding those relationships with other mothers or other women, either in Bible study groups or in community workout classes Mm -hmm. or going for walks, any type of thing that we were able to do to engage with one another when we lost that, it was also a disconnect because we, the time when we needed those conversations with other mothers the most was the time when we weren't able to have them. Yeah, it was very isolating at a time that I think we were all struggling uh, maybe more than we had ever. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting, it was an interesting year for <laughs> sure. And the struggles that we had about how we can and how we could continue just to model an appropriate life. It was difficult and it remains difficult because it was like, well, I want to work hard and I want to be successful in my career, but I don't want it to be at the cost of my family's well-being and, right. or my well-being. Yes. I feel like for me, it's usually my well-being. I feel like uh, <laughs> one of my one of the boundaries that I often have to check myself on is I'm giving, 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 and I'm not putting back into my my own well-being, my own mental health. Mm-hmm. And then I find myself completely burnt to a crisp and unable to do much of anything because I haven't uh, filled my own cup. Mm. Yeah. Just like after World War II, when we know during World War II, a lot of women entered the workforce for the first time because a lot of men were out serving the military, serving overseas. Mm -hmm. So when women stepped up and entered the workforce, something unique happened when the men came back because it's like women are in this space now. Right. It's going to look different. It is different. So we as an American society need to figure out how we were going to build back better Mm -hmm. with this new society. Dynamic. Exactly. And I think that as we are starting to open up uh, this season after COVID, we're also going to look at these dynamics and we need to figure out how we can build back better. Because a lot of us as working moms will now be working remotely or Mm -hmm. doing some sort of a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. A lot of mothers have made the decision not to send their kids back to school full time. And so there's still the parenting aspect of it, as well as being homeschool teachers, um, distance learning teachers. So as we start to build back better, there needs to be a framework. And I think that it would be a good idea. It would be a service to any of you who are listening and trying to say like, well, what is going to happen this summer and into the fall? Let's be strategic and have a plan. Yeah. And for me, the first thing I do is realize I need to set boundaries with my work time. Yes. <laughs> yes. As you're listener, a little too enthusiastic. Listener, Kanji and I have already talked about this. She needs to set boundaries with her work time. I will say there was an encounter this morning. So with my new position, I am working out of um, an office here in Texas with teams all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make a really good impression, but I had not yet gotten to the point where I was able to block off my calendar. Mm -hmm. And one of my teammates who was overseas scheduled a meeting, which was at 5.30 a.m. my time. (laughs) And I wanted- Kanji accepted it. (laughs) I accepted it. I rolled out of bed at 5.27, got on that Zoom meeting, and my teammate said, oh, I sure hope you have a lot, had a lot of coffee. I didn't realize where you were when yeah. I scheduled this meeting. So I know I could have 
declined declined or or re, or rescheduled it for another time it just sounds awful to hear that <laughs> people do that I, I yes they do i do that all the time see i'm still in this year of yes three years later okay so but I, you're in a new job so it's understandable that you're feeling a little bit i could understand that you feel a little boundary list or maybe your boundaries are a little loose right now because you're wanting to impress and show mm-hmm. up and I get that. That's something that I need to do though in the beginning is yeah. to set those boundaries. Right. Because it's easier to set the boundaries and hold them than it is to try to create them when people are comfortable and confident. Like, well she's accepted five thirty a.m. meeting. Apparently Kanji likes to get up early. <laughs> this is her meeting time. No. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Incorrect. So <laughs> setting those boundaries and being clear on those boundaries with your work life and also with a personal life. Mm-hmm. Needing to make sure that there is time in the day that's allotted for work time mm-hmm. and make sure that my family is very clear that during this time, this is the time that I am in work mode. Conversely, family time is now definitely on my calendar, making sure that after a certain period of time, 6.30 p.m., I'm shutting it down. Yeah. Barring that glass ball we talked about right. earlier, you know, right. appearing somewhere. Emergencies here and there. Exactly. Right. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is to acknowledge, to acknowledge that it's okay to feel overwhelmed. Stretch thin. Stretch so thin mm-hmm. because we have these elastic bandwidths, Tara. Mm-hmm. And a lot of mothers, I know listeners, some of you probably feel like your bandwidth is limitless, um, but it's okay to acknowledge that it's not. It's okay to acknowledge that you can't have it all and do it all and be it all. And like Tara said, can't pour from an empty cup. That's right. And like, what do we talk? Oprah said, you can have it all, but it's not at the same time. Mm. <laughs> Mama Oprah, she's so wise. <laughs> she's so wise. You know, I've, I've listened, that quote got stuck in my head several years ago. I don't remember when she said it, but I... I think about it often, you know, especially when I'm having a moment where I just can't get to every single thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I just, it can't be today. It's not going to be all the things today. And it's hard because we were raised to think that we could. Yeah. And I I talked about this on an episode, um, probably about 15 or 20 episodes ago. I don't know. But it was that... Was it Jean Tay or Anjane commercial? I can bring home the bacon, oh, yeah. fry it up, fry it up in a pan. Yes, That's right. and there was an image of this woman who literally was doing it everything, mm-hmm. and that was the refrain. That was the marketing to women who were in the workforce. Yes, you can do it all. Yes, you can have it all. Um, you just have to find your work life balance. You just have to find the balance. Mm-hmm. And I even took a job because this law firm where I went to about two thousand five, two thousand six, touted itself as this heavy on work-life balance. We're great on work-life balance. And I believed the lie. (laughs) It was a total myth. There was no such thing. It's like work-life balance means you go home at 11 p.m., not midnight. (laughs) Right. You're not here all night. You actually get to go home and shower. Yeah. Uh, And then come back. But because I think that a lot of times when we are sold a story, Mm -hmm. we start to buy into it and believe it. But now we are able to write our own stories and it's a blank page and we don't know what it could or should look like, but there's such beauty in writing your own story, in drawing a map of what you want your family and your future to look like, and then making that happen. I agree. I Thinking about that commercial, I think too, where women sometimes do ourselves a disservice is when we aren't able to so-called hit all the boxes, we feel shame about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not 
Like it's, we're inherently bad because we cannot bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. And that's something that I've focused on a lot this year, just recognizing that while I love Wonder Woman and (laughs) believe that she's phenomenal, I am not Wonder Woman. I do have my limits. And the, the sooner that I recognize that, especially when I was stretching myself really, I mean, it got pretty bad there for a minute. Uh, the soon as I recognize, like, you know what, something's going to have to give. And I would rather, I would rather have a say in what it is than have it give out underneath me without my, without my input. Mm-hmm. You, you know what? That, I mean, that's what happens to me is I stretch myself so thin and then I don't have a choice. Something yeah. breaks. Right. And I like to catch it before so that I can have some modicum of control over how it goes down. And um, so that is something I have really focused on. And the other thing I was thinking of is, um, I think one of the, I don't know if it's a benefit, I think it's a benefit. One of the benefits of the pandemic is that it's allowed us to have vulnerability in the workplace. Mm -hmm. This was the first time in my entire career that executives were reaching out to employees to find out how they were, that we were all honestly in meetings sharing about how tired we felt, how scared we were, Mm. how hard it was, because we were all having the exact same experience. See, but I'm going to disagree with you there, Tara. My experience was the exact opposite. Really? Yes. So in my workplace, and I have found this from a lot of Black women who historically have had to be the strong Black woman and have this amount we weren't allowed to show vulnerability. Mm. So what was happening was we were in the middle of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of a racial pandemic and we still were expected to show up and pretend like we were okay at work. Mm. I was still expected to show up after witnessing George Floyd's murder and appear on a virtual phone call not an hour later and answer questions relating to the business operations when I was broken inside. Mm. But that was what it was like every single day. I know that some people had the luxury of breathing and pausing and and being themselves with work. But I also know a lot of Black women who worked outside the home that had moments where we just had to wear the mask and pretend like we were okay while we were trying to protect our children who were children of color and also you know, do, do the song and dance at work, you know, and still show up and be like, yeah, I can have it all, I can do it all, I can be it all because we weren't afforded that ability or room to be vulnerable. A lot of Black women who were deemed essential employees had to still go to work through this pandemic. And Black women and women of color were disproportionately affected by the pandemic with job losses and layoffs. Um, We saw that happen with the recession back in 2008 and 2009 And we saw it happen again now that disproportionately women of color were laid off, were let go from jobs. And when they weren't, when we weren't, a lot of times it was still holding on to jobs that we weren't getting equal pay for. Yeah. Um, So so I think that that might be a little bit of the difference that that we may have experienced going through the last year together. Um, Well, and you know, I'm I'm so sorry for that. I wish that it it could have been different. Um, and I did not consider that. So I appreciate you sharing it. No. Oh, well, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of times it's hard for us to understand what other people may be going through because we are we focus on our experiences. But one of the reasons why I know that I can share 
whatever I'm going through in my life and in my day with you is because of who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and without you, you listen without judgment or without defensiveness or, and in such a way that just makes me proud and honored to know you. It's, it's, it's a, it's a type of cultural humility that you have yeah. and a willingness to learn and expand. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I hope I can learn from you. Cause <laughs> <laughs> well, you give me a lot of credit. I mean, I, I do, you know, I do feel like it wasn't perfect and mm-hmm. it's not equal. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And I would never, I would never say that, you know, everybody had that exact same experience. Mm-hmm. I do think there were some shifts, you know, an example I would give you is that when I first had a kid, I felt like I couldn't, be a mom at work Mm -hmm. if I had to do something for my kid it had to be like well I have an appointment or you know you know I couldn't talk about being a mom at work I was I was at work like we know you have a baby Mm -hmm. but I need you to pretend like you don't you know and I feel like that shifted for me in the pandemic where now I I do share pretty openly like I had child care issues for the last couple of months and I'm like guys I'm sorry I have to flex my schedule because of my kid or he got sick and, you know, and I feel like I've gotten more comfortable in that space. So that specific shift has happened for me Mm -hmm. personally. And that's what I would love to have happen for so many women who are in the workforce. And we recognize that a lot of women don't have that option and don't have that. And so if I could wave a magic wand and create a more equitable system, the one thing that I would advocate for is an understanding that when we have flexible work arrangements, mm-hmm. it's better for women. Like that's what the shift needs to be Agreed. on a larger scale. Agreed. Um, when there's pay equity, it's better for women and working yeah. with others. I am a huge proponent of there should be a, a, a wage bump or a bonus for single mothers. We have this community, this society is like, oh, we got to support the women. We have to support working mothers. We have to support women. So we'll, we'll pay them mm-hmm. and pay them so that they can afford childcare. Right. So that they are not reliant on government benefits mm-hmm. or um, fall victim to state welfare because they can't, it, it, they make more money staying home and getting benefits than they do working part-time or full-time jobs where they're not making a decent living wage. Agreed. And surprise, guys, not only is it better for those women, but it's better for the economy. The Mm -hmm. studies show we all benefit when we hold women up and we support women in these these times. We all benefit. Listen, just hold us up, guys. Mm -hmm. We will will hold it down if you will hold us up. Yes. It's very simple. You know who said it best? Tupac, because he got his name from a woman, got that's, his game from right. a woman, right? <laughs> that's right. And that's true. Like, we have to realize that we as a community, we as a country, we as a society are so much stronger and better when we have women and mothers that are healthy and well. Yes. And one of the best parts and the easiest part of making sure that we ensure our wellness for ourselves and for our families is to find the rhythm of your life and find what works best for you. Agreed. I agree with you. I, I'm going to take that with me. I love the idea of the rhythm and I like your idea of the blend. I think that um, it's so important for us to find that space where we feel supported and, and healthy in our lives. 
And guys, we love having you with us. We hope you've taken something away today. Um, I love coming here and talking to you, Miss Kanji, every week. And you guys can hear us every week on Apple and all the other listening platforms. You want to make sure to follow us. Don't miss any episodes. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for you. Make sure you're rating and reviewing those things. We listen and read all of those uh, comments that you leave. We love sharing with you each week. Thank you so much. We thank you for connecting with us on social media. We thank you for tuning in for listening and for reaching out to us to just say, yeah, that's me too. Yeah, I felt the same way. Or yes, I get it. Because ultimately, our sharing our stories are about establishing and building connections as we work hard to be the best versions of ourselves so that we can model that for our kids. And so you and I may not know each other, listeners, but I sure do hope that one day our kids know each other and they are better for the fact that we knew each other virtually. With that being said, we are going to sign off for another week. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. As always, guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Take good care.